Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. On March 28th at 3 p.m. Pacific, I'm offering an AMA, that's an Ask Me Anything, where I answer your questions live for 90 minutes. So if you haven't already signed up, you can do that on my website at lovelignato.com slash events. Hello, loves. I got a lot of questions this week that were not completely dissimilar from today's question, and it's called Coronavirus, What Else? I love your podcast. You're a calming force for me in many ways, and I love your interpretation of the transits. I'm writing today because I'm really worried about the novel coronavirus. At first, I was only worried about my mom, thinking I was low risk. There is now a chance that I have it, but I can't get tested as I haven't traveled and I am considered, quote, low risk. I live in the USA. I also know I have a lot of planets in my eighth house, which is ruled by Gemini. I have been told this indicates I will die from respiratory issues. So I guess I'm asking how true that is, and should I let it add to my worry? Are there other astrological hints to help me navigate this anxiety? Please keep my birth date private. I don't want to worry anyone unnecessarily. So I'm not going to share their birth information, but I want to start by saying a lot of people are feeling confronted with a lot of anxiety a lot of stress. Some of that is related to a fear of death and dying. And some of that is just millions and millions of people across the world are scared of this virus and its implications to themselves, to the system that we live within, and for the welfare and wellness of loved ones, community members, etc. And so there's a major group field of terror right now and fear. And this concept of the group field is something that I've talked about in previous episodes. It's basically when a large number of people have a concentrated focus on one thing. It changes the energy. It amplifies the energy around that focus or as a response to that focus. Most of us are experiencing amplified anxieties and distress and how each of us as individuals responds to that is somewhat personal, right? Some people disassociate, other people obsess. Um, some people get really practical. Some people get really floopy. There's so many ways of interacting with this kind of fear, but most of us are dealing with it. So you're not alone, first of all. And second of all, I, I need to take a moment before I get specific into your own birth chart to talk about astrology. Can astrology predict death effectively? I You know, I've dedicated my life to astrology. I have been a practicing astrologer working with clients for like 25 years. I'm in love with astrology. (laughs) I'm super into it. uh, And I really rely on it for so much. However, let's be very clear that astrology, different from most other industries and systems, has no agreed upon (laughs) localized vetting process. And this comes with some complicated implications, right? Because there's not a clear vetting process of astrologers and astrology content that is being self-published or put into the world, it's hard to know if you're not an astrologer for many years what to rely on. 
you know? And even still, sometimes I have looked at, let's say, the specific time and date of something on a website that I really trust. And then I see when I do my own investigation that it's inaccurate. There's human error. There's different systems and opinions. And then there's mastery takes time and expertise takes time. And it's a tricky world we live in where it's hard to know who has mastery and who doesn't. And as I've said on the the podcast before, and I'll say a million times again, good SEO does not mean good, okay? (laughs) You know, just because you come up in the first page of Google doesn't mean it's the most reliable content, especially with something like astrology, which is all of a sudden making big brands a lot of money. But those big brands are not necessarily invested in hiring experts right? And that's not to shit on anyone who writes for big brands. I am one of the people who writes for big brands, right? This is not meant as a criticism, but it's meant as a reminder because most people don't think about the industry of astrology in this particular way. But as an astrologer, I of course do. And so this brings me back to the issue of can astrologers predict death? I don't know any astrologers who do. I sure as hell don't. I don't predict death at all. And my take on this is to be able to effectively and reliably predict something as serious and meaningful as death, you would have to have many, many years of experience counseling dying people or people who have died, right? You'd have to be studying that for years. You could study that from a scholarly place. You could study that from an in-practice place. But it would take many years to have a reliable set of data with which to make those kinds of predictions. And there are very few astrologers that I'm aware of who have done that, especially in the modern world where we have new forms of medicine and new diseases and ailments, right? So all to say, do not fear predictions of death because I don't think they're reliable. That's my hot take. I really just don't know of anyone who can reliably predict death. And moreover, I don't see the fucking point. Really, you're going to die. 100%. Me and you and every living thing will die. But the prediction of it is useless. It's, It's really useless. I'm not especially scared of death. I'm real scared of suffering. But I'm not scared of death because I'm a medium and I talk to dead people. So I have like a what what comes next is not terribly scary for me. So forgive me if I'm being a little cavalier about the fact that we will die. Um, But again, the prediction is pretty damn useless. Now, I'm going to get into your birth chart. And your particular question. So if you or someone you love has a predisposition towards respiratory issues, that doesn't mean you're going to get COVID-19. And if you do get COVID-19, that doesn't mean you're going to die. Right? I want to be really clear about that. That is, you know, obviously I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. But it is really important that while we take this global pandemic seriously, that we don't panic And that we don't make assessments that are simply uh, misunderstanding of the data that scientists and medical professionals are putting into the world. And I don't want you to not take it seriously. Please take it seriously. If you're sick, if there's any chance you may have COVID-19, yeah, self-quarantine. Self-quarantine. That is a really good idea. It is a conscientious and considerate idea. So, my dear, let me talk about two major things. The first one is you do have Moon, Chiron, and Venus conjunct in the eighth house in the sign of Gemini. Uranus forms an opposition to your Venus, and Saturn forms an opposition to your Moon and Chiron. Okay, that's in your birth chart. 
So does that mean you will die because of the eighth house? No, not at all. Let's talk about the eighth house for a moment, my loves. The eighth house in astrology terrifies people because they see death. The word death is always used to describe the eighth house. And it is relevant, you know, death is relevant. So what people unfortunately misunderstand is that it is, if you have planets in the eighth house, that means you're going to die in some particular way. That's not necessarily what it means at all. There is the physical death of the human body. And often people with a strong eighth house, what they do is they are fixated on death. They are scared of death. They have a lot of experience with people around them dying. They are deeply impacted by their thoughts and feelings around death. That's one thing that is common. Another thing that is common is someone like me. I'm a medium and I have a really important eighth house in my birth chart. I am able to communicate with the dead. That's not uncommon and it has nothing to do with my death. It has to do with my relationship to death and even the dead. It also has to do with my relationship to grieving, which is another part of the eighth house and a misunderstanding when you see the word death. So one's ability to let things go, to have closure, to grieve, to be in painful, ugly, intense, kind of roiling emotions, that's eighth house stuff. And so people with strong eighth houses tend to be really intense and experience really intense emotions. You may notice that the eighth house is not only associated with death, but sex. It has to do with like proper fucking, if I may speak poetically for a moment. And it's not like, you know, the eighth house isn't super making love-ish. It's not super like, let's just make out-ish. In French, uh, coming is referred to as the little death, you know? And there's a reason for that. It's this really big letting go. That's the eighth house. The eighth house governs what we have no control over, like taxes <laughs> and death and coming and shitting. I don't know how you feel about shitting, but it's certainly taboo. That's another thing the eighth house governs. Taboos, terrors, uh, letting go, things that are messy, things that are sticky. Sorry if I'm getting graphic, but that's the eighth house for you. It's not you're going to die in the element of your eighth house. So in, in your birth chart, you have the element of air represented by Gemini. And so that's why somebody said to you, oh, you shall die from a respiratory issue. I just see no evidence to support that. And again, maybe a different astrologer would see it a different way, but I really don't. That said, you also have North Node in the sixth house. You also have Mercury in the sixth house. So having Mercury in the sixth house and a bunch of planets in Gemini in the eighth house does reiterate the message that you tend to get respiratory issues when you get stuff, that your lungs or your respiratory system in general may be a part of your body that is a little more vulnerable. Now, that doesn't mean you will die from COVID-19. It doesn't mean that it has anything to do with your death. It may mean simply that you need to prioritize the wellness of your lungs. So let's get woo for a moment. The lungs are the heart chakra in the chakra body system, right? And so when we're dealing with lung issues spiritually, what we're dealing with is love, the capacity to experience it, the capacity to experience love for the self, the capacity to accept love, the capacity to offer it and connect with others from a place of emotional presence and love. It's a big deal. Just a moment of advice here. 
you and anyone else who's listening who's having lung issues or breathing issues, and this is not medical advice, obvi, friends, obvi. This isn't instead of medical steps. Breathe into your heart chakra. Be present with whatever distress you experience there and keep on being present. It sounds small. It sounds like not much of anything, but if you do it, you'll find it's actually kind of difficult. And, you know, you don't have to do it for 20 minutes. If you can, that's great. But see if you can do it for like three minutes. See if you can do it for 90 seconds. Presence is a really big thing. It's something I've talked about in a recent episode. I think it was in 89. But in particular, when we're having a lot of anxiety, we tend to abandon ourselves, which is another theme of the eighth house, abandonment issues. And I want you to understand that that's connected to death, that feeling of being irrevocably left, irrevocably out of control. These are very strong eighth house themes. Also, the eighth house is the natural placement of Pluto, and Pluto in your birth chart sits very tightly on top of your Scorpio rising. So <laughs> for you, so much of what this COVID-19 is triggering inside of you is straight up panic, terror, fear, because it's triggering something that is essential inside of you, which is a fear of being out of control. And what I think that this whole virus has triggered in, in so many of us is a confrontation with how out of control we are and how tenuous the structure of our lives is and our, you know, security is. It's terrifying. It's scary. So, so much of what you're dealing with as described by your eighth house, by Pluto, and also just by the circumstances we're all sharing, is you're in anxiety mode and crisis management mode. There are the very real things that are material that you should be doing for your physical health, and it's likely to continue to bring up fears around death. And not just death, the material death, but really whatever issues you have around death, whatever fears you have around not having control or not knowing what's going to happen next. That's unfortunately really normal and natural given what we're dealing with. This is where you're at. This is where we are all at. And I want to reiterate really clearly that this is not a reason to be scared, this like prediction of death in the eighth house. Uh, it is not even a reason to be scared for your life if you do get a flu or COVID-19. It's not useful. Now, I say that as a naturally neurotic person, I'm not trying to say there's something bad or wrong about being scared. It's a normal human response. This is scary. But as much as possible, reaffirming your resiliency, your commitment and willingness to be alive, and doing that with actions as well as with woo by breathing into your fear and not abandoning yourself with the fear, that shit is going to be really, really helpful for you. It's going to be really valuable for you. You can't control what comes next. You can't, right? None of us can. So investing in worst case scenarios is a mismanagement of your powerful mind and strong feelings. Every time you catch yourself wrapped up in negative thoughts and scared thoughts, I want to encourage you to counter them with positive thoughts and try to breathe into bringing as much positive emotion to that. It's not about pathologizing or criticizing negative feelings. It's okay to be scared. It's about 
adding more content to the mix. So you're not only investing in strengthening your participation in the group field of fear. It's hard. What I'm recommending is hard as much as it is subtle and kind of sounds small, but it's effective. And like I said, you can't control a lot, but you can control how you respond to your reactions. You can control how you invest in your wellness. And I recommend that you and everybody else stops looking for how you die <laughs> astrologically. It is a fool's errand. Hey, now, we're all fools. Let's just be fools in love. The Wet'suwet'en Nation in Northern British Columbia, Canada, need our help. We have a situation very similar to Standing Rock. The five highest ranked hereditary chiefs who represent the nation are unanimously against the construction of a natural gas pipeline through their territory. Wet'suwet'en families who live in the path of construction have halted the project. However, the government continues to support the pipeline construction. The Canadian government is literally breaking their own laws, as well as international law protecting Indigenous human rights. Coastal GasLink is aware of the laws being broken and is counting on the nation not being able to afford the legal costs of taking them to court for the 10 to 15 years that it will likely take. Our greatest strength right now is our united effort to show our support across social media and to raise awareness in our own communities. Please follow and repost Get Em Done Checkpoint on Instagram. That's G-I-D-I-M-T-E-N underscore checkpoint. And also please consider donating to the legal fund or to the camp. Visit yintaaccess.com for more information. Y-I-N-T-A-H-A-C-C-E-S-S dot com. Every post, every single person who speaks up on this matters. Thank you. I mean, of course, there's so much to talk about this week. You know what I mean? Of course there is. We are looking at the week of March 15th through the 21st of 2020 in the stars. Last week, the final technical glitch of Mercury retrograde. For some reason, the listener question got deleted from the episode for several hours. So if you heard Ghost of a Podcast, but you didn't hear a listener question, you may want to go back to episode 90 and listen to it because I think it was a goodie. Sorry about that. Technical glitches, part of Mercury retrograde. So before we get into this week's horoscope, and there's a lot not the least of which is that the World Health Organization has declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. It's not a small thing. I want to just point to, again, episode 90, last week's episode. I spoke about, towards the end of that episode, turning your hand washing and preparation into a spiritual ritual time. And I've had a bunch of people reach out to me and asking for recommendations for mantras or basically like affirmations that they can use. And I think this is something that we can crowdsource, that we can do as a community, that we can share what we are using, what works for us as individuals, because there's something really powerful about a collective of people, a group of people, all thinking the same thoughts and focusing on the same emotions. It works positively. It works negatively. So let's put some positive 
and amplify it into the world. The prevailing wisdom is, you know, wash your hands for 20 seconds or as long as it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice. So if you have an affirmation or a mantra that is really working for you and you want to share it, you can go to the public page of my Patreon where I'm going to have prompts for that. And you can go ahead and share and read what other people are sharing. And hopefully this is something that we can do to support each other and connect with each other as it happens, my loves. I also have there a resource for self-quarantine house supplies. I have put a little audio message. It's not quite a ghost of a podcast episode, a little audio message and a long ass list to jumpstart your own thinking and your own preparation and be a place where you can have conversation with other community members if that is appealing to you. Okay. On the 16th, Mercury moves back into Pisces. So Mercury was in Pisces at the start of the Mercury retrograde. It retrograded back into Aquarius. And now there it goes again into Pisces. Now, Mercury is your thinking, your attitudes, your cognition. It's how you process data, how you listen. And Pisces is a little up in the clouds. And so on the negative, it's kind of poor timing because Mercury in Pisces can be a little bit anxious or prone to panic. However, on the positive, it can be a wonderful transit for refocusing on your interconnectedness to other humans, your humanistic values, your care and empathy for yourself and for others. And we need a lot more of that, don't we? We do. We need a lot more of that. This isn't a time to be looking at what other people have and being like, you have something I don't have you are taking from me. Because all that's going to do is reinforce scarcity-mindedness and doesn't generate flow. So comparison, the thief of joy, don't do it. Instead, focus on what you have access to, where you can access help or support if you need it. If you're creative at all, this is a great time for writing, for listening to music, for engaging with visual and audio arts. So go for it. On the 19th, later in the day, the sun enters into Aries. It's Aries season. That's kind of well-timed. That same day, the sun forms a sextile to Saturn. Saturn is at its final degree of Capricorn. And so here's a kind of exciting thing. It's nice for the sun to move into Aries. I think there's a lot of positive potential for that. It can be strengthening. It can reinforce vitality. It can be a little bit more mobilizing than the sun in Pisces season. And having the sun form a sextile to Saturn at the onset of Aries season is really stabilizing. It reinforces your capacity or all of our capacity, more specifically, to deal with reality as it is, to be here, to take responsibility. Because my friends, what is responsibility if not the ability to respond? So this is where I want to really reinforce for you that the more intentional you can be with how you use your energy and where you choose to focus and the role of your impulses, the better. And that's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. That brings us to the 20th. And the 20th is a no joke, my friends. So this is where we get to the part of your horoscope that's a little bit more serious because on the 21st, Saturn enters into Aquarius. Saturn will be in the sign of Aquarius March 21st until July 1st of 2020. And then it will go back into Capricorn. And then it'll come back at the very end of 2020 into Aquarius, where it will stay for a couple of years. So that's a big deal. But the day before, on the 20th, we have an exact Mars conjunction to Jupiter. Mars conjunction to Jupiter can go in a couple of ways, right? On a personal level, it can 
energize you. It can make you feel like, okay, I can finally get something done that I haven't been able to figure out. Um, it can give you a burst of energy that you need to move through something on a mental level or an emotional or spiritual level, as well as in the material world. It's very energizing. On a personal level, this particular transit can coincide with vitality, virility, feeling better. That's great. We love all of those things. If you're in the market of getting down, yeah, Mars sitting on top of Jupiter, that can that can turn out pretty good for you. That's wonderful, right? Mars conjunction to Jupiter, the negative on the personal is it can make you really impulsive. It can make you come across or actually be very arrogant. Like your perspective is the only perspective and everyone should bend to your perspective. Or it may confront you with somebody who is acting that same way. So there's this way that the expansiveness and the open-mindedness of Jupiter when paired with Mars can become actually pretty damn obnoxious. And so you want to watch your ego energies. You know, we need a healthy ego. Ego is not on its own a bad thing. It's about making sure that you're not like, my spiritual perspective is the only spiritual perspective. And if you don't see things from my perspective, then you're nothing. You're trash and I've canceled you. I don't know why. I did it with an accent, but I think I was I was like being Game of Thronesy, which is a show I've never seen and I have no interest in seeing. Please don't DM me about it. But I got royal because Mars conjunction to Jupiter can act like that. Now let's talk about the global or the social impact of this particular transit at this particular moment. I am in the United States and I am looking at what doctors and scientists have been concerned about that we are a week behind Italy in terms of the impact of COVID-19. And Mars conjunction to Jupiter can have to do with widespread, fast-moving spread. I'm not making a prediction about what's going to happen, but it is a concern, right? It is a concern. And so if you are listening to this before that date and you're like, hmm, I don't know how conservative I really need to be. I really want to go out to this thing tonight. I really want to do something that is like kind of on the fence or against you know, this social distancing wisdom that is everywhere. This is not the time to take risks with your health. And this is not the time to take risks with the health of others. Point final, my friends. It's just not. And if you're, you know, walking around town feeling like, well, you know what? I know that I'm not in serious jeopardy. 80% of people who get this COVID-19 are fine. Consider that we are all interconnected with each other. This is a time where we really need to be thinking less capitalistically and more thinking about how to support each other, how those who have money or resources to share actually just choose to do that, even if you don't have to. Let's take care of each other, right? And so when I come back to this transition that we're in, the Mars-Jupiter conjunction on the 20th is really about restlessness and impulsiveness and rash decisions. It can inflame conflicts. It can inflame things in general. I would urge you leading up to this time to be a conservationist with your energy and with the resources you have available to you. Not a hoarder, not a hoarder. Be generous, but in a sustainable way. This Mars-Jupiter conjunction and the Saturn entering into Aquarius that is happening on the 21st, they're smooshed together because the transit of Mars-Jupiter is exact on the 20th, but it's still very active on the 21st. The other thing that is worth noting for astrology nerds listening is that this conjunction is taking place at 22 degrees of Capricorn. So this is a particularly important degree 
to keep in mind because that January 12th, 2020 Saturn-Pluto conjunction, that transit occurred at 22 degrees of Capricorn. So it's inflaming that same degree. And that's a big deal. What can happen from that is, you know, TBD, we will all find out as a global community. But what you might want to do around this date is manage your reactions and respond with generous intention. Don't forget who your enemy is and who your enemy isn't. Picking fights with people isn't a good use of your energy. It really just isn't, especially people who are trying and maybe not wording it the way you want it worded. Just as much as possible, watch how high you're coming at things and try to temper it. And if you can't, then understand that's about you and you need more attention and care. It's your job to give yourself that attention and care. And that brings us to Saturn entering into Aquarius. So Saturn enters into a new sign every approximately 29 years. The last time that Saturn was in the sign of Aquarius was on February 6, 1991 through January 28, 1994. And before that, it was 62 through 64. These are important eras. You know, they're important eras. If you are interested in the themes of Saturn and Aquarius, simply look at world events and news from those eras. You might want to do a little bit of research. And that's one of the cool applications of astrology is you can look at current transits and then track when the last time those transits happened and to see themes and patterns. So there's really important themes and patterns in both of these date buckets that I'm giving you um, of the last times that Saturn was in Aquarius. I took a really deep dive into this topic on the Astrology University podcast with Tony Howard. Now, Tony Howard is a human peach. He's a wonderful astrologer and dear friend, and he is going to facilitate my Ask Me Anything on March 28th. And that's always really fun. So definitely check out that podcast and you'll learn a lot more about what this Saturn and Aquarius period is about and even about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. We go into it much more in depth and he wrote a really great article about it um, that's on his website. So just look up Astrology University if you're interested. So this concept of social distancing that's all over the news that is the recommendation of health professionals everywhere, don't shake hands physically distance yourself, leave the house as little as possible. That is so Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn is a maturity. It is responsibility. It is the community in kind of like a hierarchical, like society way, whereas Aquarius is community in groups of friends way, right? Like organizations and groups way. Aquarius is a really interesting energy. And, you know, in some systems, Aquarius is a sign ruled by Saturn. In other systems, Aquarius is a sign ruled by Uranus. Personally, me, I work with astrology in a way that Aquarius is ruled by the planet Uranus and not Saturn. However, there's absolutely value in understanding that Aquarius and Capricorn, kind of like the conservative and the radical, are both really influenced by Saturn because they're associated with society right? And they're associated with feeling your aloneness, but in very different ways. They're very different ways. And so this thing of social distancing is very fucking Saturn in Aquarius. And what I want to really encourage you to do is to make sure that when you conceive of social distancing, when you think about how to protect yourself in the world, that you do not let it be informed by a lack of humanity. This is not an excuse 
to indulge your xenophobic or racist feelings and thoughts or behaviors. It is not. When we are scared, fear is Saturn-based. When we are scared for our safety and our survival and our security and all these things, we tend to indulge our least generous attitudes and our most base fears. And this is a really important lesson of Saturn-Pluto, which is being reiterated here this week, but also of Saturn in general. When you compromise your humanity in efforts to protect yourself, you have lost the damn thread. This is hard. It's hard for everyone. I don't care how wonderful you are or now, you know, how mired in the work you have been before all this happened. This is a hard thing to do. We all live in a society that is inherently racist, that is inherently ableist and misogynist and homophobic and classist and all kinds of things. So we all have these ingrained attitudes and feelings that we don't even realize are there until they get triggered. So don't be ashamed of your learning curve, but don't pretend you don't have one either. Do your best. When you find yourself being an asshole, when you find yourself having fucked up thoughts or feelings or reactions, don't recoil and pretend they're not happening. Don't ignore them. Instead, take this as an opportunity to step into what Saturn and Aquarius can offer us. Greater commitment to social justice and the humanity in all of us. That's a beautiful fucking thing, right? Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech happened during Saturn in Aquarius. The first WWW, that first web address of the World Wide Web, happened in 1991, I believe, when Saturn was most recently in Aquarius. There is a way we can become better humans, more connected, whether it's through technology or it's through coming together with a shared set of values and purpose that brings us closer together. These two things are very different, but they bring us closer together. That is the positive potential of Saturn in Aquarius. However, we are in a really specific moment with Saturn in Aquarius because Saturn is only in Aquarius for a couple months and then it'll go back to Capricorn. And this is a tenuous moment for Saturn to be in Aquarius. And it is really important that we organize ourselves as a diverse international community of humans. As Saturn enters into Aquarius, it forms an energetic conflict with Uranus and Taurus. And this is something that I've kind of been preparing you for through the podcast, or I've been trying to, all the way through. It's a test of our values. It is easy to have lovely humanistic values when you feel safe, when you feel secure. And it's a lot fucking harder to do when you're scared for your health your wellness, your ability to eat, and according to many people around the world, wipe your ass with toilet paper. So no walls, no boundaries and borders will keep out this COVID-19. That's not how viruses work. Sorry, it's just not. Instead, what I want to encourage you to do is not think about how to like wall yourself away from humans. It's how to be connected to humans in a way that is sustainable and healthy and wise. Capiche? And the beautiful thing is technology allows us to do that. It is a beautiful fucking thing. So I'm going to give you a list around how to cope with anxiety around the coronavirus. I think that it is really healthy and wise for as many of us as we can to spend as much time indoors as we can, which is some fucked up news for a lot of people who don't have safe living situations. It's fucked up news for a lot of people who don't have stable living situations. But here we are. We want to mitigate risk for self and community. 
So what do you do when you're stuck indoors? I've got a list for you. The first thing is strive to do something physical every day. If you don't have a lot of space, if you live in a tiny apartment or if you've got roommates or whatever, you can exercise from a chair. You can dance in your bedroom if you don't like working out. But using your body, stimulating your body is really important for your mental health. So as much as you can, move. This is a really valuable time for affirmations, for breath work, for prayer, whatever your vibe is, whatever your spiritual style is. But don't let fear turn you into a muggle. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget that you are a spiritual being and that we are interconnected, not just through the internet, but through our spiritual connectedness. Move beyond DMs. What that looks like is video chat, maybe, getting on the phone, talking, actually talking. And you know what? You can schedule video chats with groups of friends. If you're a groups of friends kind of person, you can support each other by hopping on video chat to like literally like do nothing, like clean out your closet together while you're just on a video chat. You can talk in groups on video chat or just one-on-one. You can get real. You can also just watch TV together if that's what you want to do. So you don't feel lonely and stuck. You know what I'm saying? I think what's important is that you use the technology available to you to be more connected instead of isolated. Another thing that you can do for your own self as a creative outlet or also to be supportive to people in your life is make mixtapes. Use YouTube or SoundCloud or whatever free platform that allows you to create and share media compilations, basically, and like put together your favorite music right now or your favorite comedy episodes on YouTube or whatever inspirational content is helping you through. If you have resources, put them online, share them with people who have a platform and are willing to share this kind of stuff. It reinforces your agency. And I am a big believer that action is the antidote to anxiety. Not everyone's wired that way, but if it's true for you, get cracking, my friends. Saturn is about taking responsibility. And Aquarius is your social participation, your community-mindedness. I encourage you, if you're on social media, follow therapists. Follow doctors and medical accounts. Follow people who do more than entertain you, but also help you to be well and to have new ideas around how to manage and engage with wellness. Just one last thing. This is a time where we are all being charged with the responsibility to accept what we cannot change or control and to commit to best practices with what we can. This is very scary. A lot of people are overreacting and a lot of people are underreacting and it's hard to know the difference. You can't change or control that. What you can do is commit to best practices. That's all. Focus and fixate on that. If you're going to focus and fixate, if you're going to obsess, that's the best move. Focus on what you can do. The reality is we don't have a lot of control in life. This whole thing has been very jarring because it's upset countries. It's upset systems and infrastructure, not just your life, not just, you know, the life of the people around you, but, you know, millions and millions and millions of people. It's really reflecting to us the tenuous nature of reality and stability. And that's really interesting. It's interesting because it allows us to look at our assumptions about reality, our assumptions about capitalism and our governments, and hopefully, to make changes that better reflect the humanity we want to see reflected in our systems. I want to quote somebody on Instagram, actually. It's at Abolish Ice SF. They said, 
During disasters, colonial and imperialist states use chaos as momentum to go through with plans which would otherwise get widespread pushback. And this is a really important part of the astrology of this time. Again, if you're interested in this concept astrologically, listen to that podcast episode from Astrology University and read the article that Tony Howard wrote in accompaniment with the podcast episode. This is a period where we want to pay attention to what we're, what our governments are doing and are not doing, not to panic you, not to freak you out, but to mobilize you, to really be clocking what is and isn't working, what you can and cannot rely on, who you can and cannot rely on, so that we can advocate for the kind of change that we have now learned we need to make. It is a big fucking deal. Saturn in Aquarius is a really tricky time. This global pandemic is really scary. And it is a call to being a better community member. It is a call to using technology to better support each other. If you are in self-quarantine or self-isolation, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to be without news. You can connect with other people and you can be spearheading social connections online or you can find other people who are doing it. But do it. If you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling scared, if you're feeling stuck, reach out to others digitally. It's a great time for doing that, for crowdsourcing information, for sharing data, and for sharing inspiration and hope and connection. My loves, I hope you are taking very good care of yourself and the people around you. I know that this is scary. I'm really sorry that you're going through this. I'm sorry we are going through this. This is an opportunity to change, to make choices that are in alignment with your values instead of the scariest part of your situation and an opportunity in pure Saturn and Aquarius fashion to embrace diversity, to embrace humanity, not just in your thinking, but in your actions. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. Keep on engaging with it. Keep on refining your process, your thinking, your choices. Just keep it up. I'll see you online. Bye. Every year they say the end is near. 